Hi there. Today's guest is a production designer and art director, Samuel Figueroa. We talked about how to get started in the film industry, film set dynamics, and freelance lifestyle. Also, Samuel composed our intro sound. So thank you, Samuel. Hope you enjoy. So we yes. recorded this whole podcast without mm -hmm. a microphone. And well, then, now, correction. I yeah. had my microphone. Yeah. I just didn't have it on correctly. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That's why you're not a sound guy, Sammy. Yeah, that's why I I yeah. actually did a lot of sound in a film school in college, but that's yeah. not what I do anymore. So for good reason. <laughs> so this is take two of our podcast, and we are going to talk about film. Yeah. Sammy happens to be working in film. Um, so what do you do in film? Samuel. Yes. Uh, I am a production designer and art director. Uh, so I work in the art department world. Um, for those who don't know, uh, art department is everything that has to do with uh, everything that's in the shot, in the camera shot, that's not a living or breathing thing. So like scenery, props, decoration, your child actor is not going to be a part of props. Exactly. <laughs> or or animals or anything like yeah. that. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so we deal with everything that you have to build or set up for a movie or film set that's going to be on camera, basically. Okay. And shall we tell our audience how we met? Yeah. Okay. That's let's shout <laughs> uh also, so we also, please yeah go ahead no um we met for your film your second short film that you made mm -hmm. nana um, yes we connected through our mutual friend rob who connected us uh you were he was producing it and i had just done production design for his short film so he recommended me to you, I guess. Yeah, and me and Rob met on Twitter, on oh. X, formerly known as Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, me and Sammy actually went uh, met on Zoom. Uh, That's true. That was our first meeting. So right yeah. now we're going back to where we started, and we are back on Zoom. Roots. Zoom. We, we are on Zoom again. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, I think I, I just want to mention that for Nana, I think I told Rob when I first talked to him and met him and we decided to start get started on this project that I told Rob that production design is going to be one of the main parts of this movie because like everything needs to look right. And yeah. that's where you come in. Mm -hmm. So what is your process of production designing so you have a director with the script with their pdf that they just finished and final draft just just exported mm -hmm. and they sent it to you um they send it to you and they say i need you to make it real to make space look like certain something what yeah. is your process how do you work with those people yeah so the first thing I look at as a production designer is 
all the elements of production design, like how many locations, what's what's involved in the story. Is it, you know, modern day or is it a period piece? Is it something from a different era? Is it something really weird? I take that into consideration because I'm 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 experienced, but I'm still, you know, not that experienced. So I want to take stuff I know I could handle. Um, so yeah, I look at all those details, like what's the logistics behind it and all that and start, you know, getting ideas for the story and, uh, see if I want to do the project after reading the script and, and then if I do want to do it, then I, you know, we'll have a, I'll have a talk with the director and ask for color schemes if, if they don't already have that, um, like what colors are important to the story or to the this project in particular. And usually the directors have like a lookbook or like reference, you know, uh, Pinterest, anything like that. Like they might send me, that's what you did. You had already some stuff set up. I did. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you sent me a movie or something. I've sent you a movie and I sent you, I think the first time we met, I gave you my criterion login and password. And yeah, I don't get, I don't give out that information lightly. You didn't even know me. You were trusting I me. I didn't even know you. And I was trusting you with my criterion information. The subscription that I'm paying $9.99 yeah. every month. Do you understand how... How much I trusted you from the oh, very I beginning. I watched Criterion for a year straight. I watched so much stuff. <laughs> Liar. I canceled all my other subscriptions and just watched Criterion that year. Marvel is not on Criterion. <laughs> Fuck, you're right. Yeah, that's why I didn't last. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what were we talking about? Okay, so I sent you the Criterion film called Italian American. It was one of yeah. the big references for my movie Nana, for for those of you who don't know, it's uh, Martin Scorsese's first documentary film um, about his parents. He just kind of follows his parents and a lot of um, aesthetics uh, I borrowed from that film for Nana. Yeah. Uh, I think we did a really good job. And uh, what I remember was really cool. You asked me to assign a color to each character, which yeah. I did. Mm-hmm. yeah that was great um and i saw you i like witnessed you um working with the scripts like i saw the scripts that you like marked down so like what what do you look in the for in those scripts because you like you would mark every prop like every thing that has to do with a production design that information yeah. might be useful for screenwriters that are listening to us because yeah. it's it all starts mm-hmm. with the script. True. So what 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 do Very you look true. for in the script? Um yeah, I when I'm reading it, if I mean it all depends what my role is on the project, it might change what I'm looking at. Um, but if I'm the actual production designer, then I have to look at everything. Um, but I have like different color highlighters mm-hmm. and I, I never remember which ones I use for each thing, but I, I'll make my own legend at the beginning of the the script, but I'll use a color that marks the location. I'll use a different color for props. I'll use a different color for set dressing. Um, and the details are important because set dressing is everything you see in the scenery, um, okay. but the characters don't really interact with. 
Um, what is but, the difference between set dressing and props? Yeah. Well, set dressing is everything that's in the shot, but it's kind of like background, like just in the scene. Um, and props are everything that the character like interacts with. Like if they're going to be on their phone in the, in the scene, then the phone is a prop. But if the yeah. phone, if there's a phone in the scene, but it's just on a table, then that's would be considered set dressing technically, if no one's going to use it. So that's the subtle, small difference. Um, I remember, um, so me and Sammy, we worked on two projects together by now. Yes. And I do remember on my latest short film, Thank You, um, you actually asked um, for each uh, uh, character, I mean, each actress, every actress that we had on set to sh um, send you their phone cases because like phone cases are really important to the story. We didn't want... We don't want the color to be like really off to the yeah. story. Mm -hmm. And luckily, you know, all our actresses had phone cases that would otherwise match their characters. Um, but if if it was something like neon colors, like I, I don't think you would you would have allowed that. Yeah. True. Yeah. It, it was yeah, if it didn't match what the character would own or buy, then we I would have bought a new phone case for them. Yeah. Um, but I think I think there was just two of the actresses that we that I switched their phones, you know. I think then, yeah. Uh-huh. And then between takes they would get their phones back. But you know, <laughs> once once the cameras are rolling, they would trade it back and stuff. Interesting. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Oh my mm -hmm. god, really? <laughs> yep. So thoughtful. BTS. So so BTS that not even you knew. <laughs> so BTS, not even me knew. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, uh okay. Let's let's like go back to your origin story, your OG, OG Samuel. So why are you doing that? And like, how, how did you get into that? So, oh, it's kind of a long story, but... Um, Make I it short and sweet. I, I will. I'll just give you the cliff notes. Like, I, I, I did go to film school. But I didn't jump into film right after college. I I first focused on music for a long time because I'm I grew up a musician, so mm -hmm. I really wanted to pursue that. And what and do you play? I play the drums. Mm -hmm. Hot, the, the coolest instrument. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. But so I did, I pursued that for a long time, but it didn't really go anywhere. And film was always like my second passion. Um, I always loved filmmaking. Like I did it a lot as a kid, like with my friends and stuff. We would make little movies. I saw those. Those are hilarious. Like the world yeah. needs to see those movies. Like I mean, seriously. You could just go to my Facebook or YouTube channel and like. Yeah, but dig. you need to dig. You need yeah, to like need to dig, dig the Facebook for them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, someday. Uh, someday. But you could look at the link below. On, no, I'm just kidting. <laughs> We gotta put it in the description. Yeah, like all the Samuel Figueroa's short films, the collection. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, such funny stuff. Um, but I eventually like music didn't really take off for me. So it was around 2018-ish where I started like, okay, I think I want to get back into film, but I didn't know what I wanted to do yet because a lot of the things I did in college, I didn't love. Um, so I thought I hated film, but it's just really, I, I like didn't do the right things yet. 
Um, so I, I started, you know, PAing around and kind of like exploring and stuff and see what I could land. Um, and then it wasn't until 2020 out of all years during the pandemic, um, where my career kind of launched off. Um, yeah. Yeah. What was and your it, first project? So this was my first, my first time working with the art department, which I, w- I didn't even know too much about. Like I didn't know, I hadn't even heard that concept yet. Art department. I didn't know what that was. Um, so I got hired super last minute to work on set for a movie called fall, um, as an art PA and, uh, basically what is is that movie about what's the like the brief log line for those for those of us who haven't seen it and i doubt i will see it anytime soon (laughs) it's it's a thriller movie uh pretty scary um it's about two uh rock climbing girls who go climb an abandoned tower in the middle of the desert as like a challenge um for the youtube for their like youtube channel but also one of them who had a bad experience climbing earlier in her life. She's kind of like trying to get back into it, like face her fears again. And then something happens, they get stuck up there and they have to learn how to survive on that tower. Wow. And I heard that set was brutal too. It, so that was the thing about this project, like logistically, this film did not want to get made. Like everything that could go wrong. Aren't they all? Yeah. Aren't they all? (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Everything that could go wrong literally went wrong because like it was out in the desert, like the location was really hard to get to. Like you had to drive on a dirt road for like 20 minutes and like people's tires were popping. People were getting sick. There was like a bee infestation, termites, all sorts of stuff. Like it was so rough. Like it was like the worst conditions to work in. But um, at the end of the day, even though the project was so like, like labor uh heavy i really enjoyed the work like you know because i was i helped like build this fake tower um like deal with the ladders paints um deal with props um yeah like i did like like the cool thing about being an art assistant is you do a little bit of everything so i got like you know little experience with props with scenic with building and all the stuff so after the project was done i realized like oh i actually really love like working it and and it was cool because my two bosses too were also really cool and they're just like you know sharing me a bunch of like small tips and things to like you know they basically taught me along the way as we went and they were really awesome for it and i'm like super grateful for them yeah and that's where it all started that's amazing so that was your actual film school not the film school school pretty much yeah the one i paid for i didn't learn much but the one i was getting paid to do (laughs) taught me a lot yeah yeah um and since you work yeah no i was gonna ask you i think you talked about in your last podcast what you do you're a writer director yeah and producer yeah but why why did you get into film um well i always liked creativity in general and like you i wasn't as cool as you i played guitar the guitar (laughs) not the drums and you like sign like 
No, I was always <laughs> jealous of guitar and bass players because they could like go forward and like interact with the crowd and I'm stuck behind. That's true. We're rock stars. Yeah. Honestly, it was, it was, it was the life. <laughs> Yeah. In high school, like 10th grade. Oh my God. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Peak of my music career. The best memories. Yeah. yeah. It never got better. No. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, so I wanted to be a musician, but at some point I realized that I actually like the written words and the lyrics more than I like music. And I'm not as talented in being a musician, musician. Because yeah. like, I felt like all my songs that I wrote, like the lyrics were different, but all the chords were the same. Mm. <laughs> the the yeah. music was the same. So I was like, well, it was like a humbling moment. I realized at the end of uh, 11th grade, the end of the high school, um, I just kind of, it hit me. Like I'm not as talented in music. <laughs> yeah, I'm like much more talented in uh, like with, with writing, with like mm. lyrics and the written words. Um, so I, I I think I started after high school, um, no, a couple, a few years into college, I started watching movies and appreciating movies. And I watched a lot of like art house movies, not necessarily, you know, American Hollywood blockbusters. Yeah. But really kind of weird ones from the, the good stuff. Yeah. Like the criterion type of, you know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw all of those movies. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, like the French New Wave, and <laughs> yeah. I sound so like bougie right now. <laughs> French. I think I know. I think I know one French movie. What Blue. is it? Is it? I think it's called Blue. Blue. Yeah. There is like there is there is a movie. Uh, there is a series of movies directed by Christoph Kislovsky. Kislovsky. Yeah. <laughs> um, red, blue, and white. Yeah. Like the colors of French flag, but they're French movies. He filmed in France. Yeah, I saw blue. Great movies. You need to see white too. Oh my god, and red, red is red is kind of cool, but I think blue is the most more melancholic. Anyway, it's not a conversation about criteria. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, I really enjoyed movies, and I actually listened to a podcast interview with a girl who, at the time, went to film school. What podcast was it? It was a Russian podcast. <laughs> oh. Yes. Um, well, that was like back in the day. Okay. Uh, right now I, I wouldn't listen to that, but, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it was, it was quite interesting, you know, just kind of the perspective of a person who lives in LA and like, I knew about LA, but I didn't even know, like, that's a possibility that this is something actual people actually do. <laughs> so I, um, I was curious about screenwriting and storytelling. So I really enjoyed, I listened to that episode over and over again, because like, it was really, really interesting to me. Mm -hmm. And it was like a thought in my head, oh, maybe I can be a screenwriter at some point, but it was yeah. so far away. It was so unreal, uh, mm -hmm. like that path. So yeah. I- Fun fact, like I actually, the first time I visited LA, I, I hated it. I never thought I would live here. Same. Yeah. I hated it. The first time, the first minute I arrived to LA, I thought, oh my God, what kind of <laughs> like trash, <laughs> trash town that is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and look at us now. Look at us now. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, I uh, eventually moved to LA to now pursue film. I just happened to move here and I took that dream out of the drawer, uh, <laughs> out of the mental drawer, and I 
Um, I was really insecure about writing in English because it's obviously, you know, not my first language. I'm actually really insecure right now recording that too, because sometimes my mind just goes blank when <laughs> I speak English words and when I write English words, but writing is easier because like no one can hear you writing. Yeah. <laughs> you could pause and it doesn't feel weird. Yeah. So I started writing again in English, which was new to me, but I figured if I can write 100 emails a day, what makes me think that I cannot write a script? So I started writing and I just went from there. Um, and I wanted to, it, it, initially I wanted to be a screenwriter, just kind of like write, writing and nothing else. But um, I just love the visual component so much that I I just couldn't help but become interested in directing. And... Mm. I was inspired by Greta Gerwig, um, a lot of other directors, but specifically Greta Gerwig, because like, I think I could like relate to her so much. Cause like, she's, I heard she's up and coming. She's up and coming. Yeah. yeah. Like she directed this like indie, um, darling, like really low budget called Barbie. I don't know if you heard. No, no. no yeah. Um, yeah. Barbie's like really new, you know, it's like, a, it's like a lifestyle. I heard you know? it's very edgy. Like it's so edgy. Yeah. They're like cute actors there, but you know, no one knows about them anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. We love Barbie. Um, well, you didn't really like Barbie, didn't you? Did you? Uh, I have my opinions, <laughs> but that's, that's for another podcast. <laughs> I don't want to get hate mail. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think you and me watching Barbie was really special to me. I don't know about you, but to me it was. I had fun at the theaters. It was yeah. also a special day because it was the same day as your first premiere of Nana, right? Yeah, yeah. So that was a huge day. That was a huge day, yeah. And uh, I loved it. And I dressed up as uh, as Barbie, kind of Barbie director a Colors, little bit. Yeah. Barbie yeah. collars. Yeah. I had a pink mm -hmm. skirt, but, um, I was inspired by Greta um, because, uh, I think she was just so fun. You know, she was like, not those other directors who kind of just sit in those chairs and yeah, talk like really deep stuff. Like she's actually like really funny. If you listen to her interviews, mm. um, I really like how like down to earth she is. And uh, I was inspired by that. I was like, okay, like I, this is someone I kind of want to be. Um, yeah. So it, it didn't seem like it's so far away anymore. It seemed mm -hmm. very accessible and very yeah. realistic. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh-huh. Are there... Well, I kind of know the answer to this. You, you, there's like more Ukrainian filmmakers out here too, right? Like, what was the scene or what over there like for filming? Oh my god, know? so many right now. I feel like right now there's like a renaissance of Ukrainian film. Um, so I left Ukraine in 2015. Um, there wasn't a lot going on. I think it was just starting out because Ukraine, Ukrainian, like. TV and film was so dominated by Russian content, just like Russian shows, like everything was coming from there. And then after 2014, like 
Ukraine started, you know, regaining their own identity. And uh, the films that came out after that time was were like so, so good. One of my favorites, like the most recent, it's like a pre-war film. Uh, huh. I think it was like a 2021 film, oh. 2022. I saw it here. So very randomly, I just like kind of saw it on the internet. Like, oh, okay, let me go check it out. So I saw it here yeah. in LA a Ukrainian film called Stobzemla. Stobzemla. Uh, it's like a name of a game. It's it's about, it's a coming of age story about like this girl, you know, high school, your typical um, story, but very specific to Ukraine. So I really uh, enjoy that. So you might want to check it out sometime. I do. I wanted to ask you this. Um, so essentially you work in Hollywood. <laughs> sure technically you're so weird yeah so weird saying hollywood because when you live here you don't geographically you barely work in hollywood it's like oh my god i'm rolling my eyes i'm rolling my eyes right now because you sound like deep la culture right now (laughs) please don't make it geographical (laughs) we're talking hollywood as the space you know the creative space for filmmakers live in burbank not hollywood okay don't reveal your personal information online Mm -hmm. (laughs) so you work in film um geographically could be like anywhere anywhere you wish all over the states and the world but uh working in film um it is not like your typical nine to five. You don't have that security of a paycheck coming every month, every two weeks, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you really need to hustle and be a part of that culture. And I know that you're really good at it because you are the first person I've ever met in my life who actually like, so I met you and you said that you're a production designer under our director. And I was surprised that that's the only thing you did. And that's like your, your thing, you know, you didn't have any like other jobs. Um, You know, you didn't work like at a coffee shop, you know, the classic (laughs) Uh and also did that. So like, how do you, how do you go about that whole process, that whole lifestyle? Cause it's, it's very interesting to me because I'm not like that yet. And I just feel very, intimidated by that lifestyle of a freelancer but you're not what's up with that (laughs) well you kind of have to be out of your mind a little bit no um it's definitely like not an overnight thing um it was definitely a long process to get to where I am um you know if starting back from 2018 where I was dipping my toes and peeing every now and then but I also like, thankfully for me, even when I started PAing, I was in my late 20s already. So I kind of had work experience and the basic work ethic to like do the job well and people really like me. Um, and I kind of stayed stuck in the PA world for a bit because I did really well. And, you know, people could rely on me. For those, cool. for those of us who don't know, what is PA? Oh, yes. Uh, production assistant. You're all your, or your bougie Hollywood people with their abbreviations. Sorry, this podcast is called Film People, right? <laughs> well, so what if some what if someone a, who aspires to be film a film we'll, person watches? We'll put them? all the lingos in the description. Okay, <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, yeah, production assistant. Yeah, basically helps with the overall like 
different needs, like setting up tables, crafty snacks. Maybe sometimes they might pick up lunch or or okay. whatever, this and that, stuff like that to help the crew. And sometimes they can help the crew themselves. Like maybe they might help cameras a little bit or help the art department a little bit here and there. So they're, yeah, PAs are great. They're very essential for uh, any production. Um, but yeah, so- that's kind of where it started for me you transitioned into an art department from being a pa yeah how did that happen well yeah like i said when i worked on a movie i didn't know anything about that world and it just kind of coincidentally you know i they hired me as an art assistant and i just loved it so much that after that i wanted to focus on that so one of the first things i started doing was like researching everything about production design and art direction and like I even like a lot of people don't even know that there's a difference between production design and art director I don't um, know yeah I still don't know what was the difference so production designer basically is the person who comes up with the ideas and like the design they might do like blueprint like sketch out like what the floor plan should be like the look the colors they help in that process and kind of like choose what everything should look like and then uh, the art director comes in and help executes that so art director usually will hire the rest of the art department crew they might help with uh, renting props set uh, furniture or buying if they have to buy stuff and like figuring out all the logistics basically so it's kind of like a producer and director you know the producer plans a film the director creates the vision for it yeah but you can do both so do you have that inner conflict going on i mean for sure on smaller projects you're forced to do both which which is fine too when it's a smaller project because you're not overwhelmed with a million things i um the stuff that i've done production design for I'm, i'm basically doing both um they're usually, you know, short films or commercials, which are more contained, like not as many locations, not as many stuff to get. So it's more manageable. But the bigger the project is, you know, like a whole movie or a, a series, a TV show, like you need both because like they there's just a lot to manage. Um, but yeah, going back to your question, yeah, I started researching um everything that involves in the art department and stuff and started learning all the different roles. Cause there's so many roles within this so many. department. And, uh, how many, what are the roles? Uh, I don't even know how many really. <laughs> 100,000 million. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, there's, you know, there's the set dressers who kind of place all this. Well, I'm not going to go into detail for everything, but, you know, there's props, there's set dressers, there's set decorators, which is different. There's sometimes there's shoppers or people who just do just do the shopping, carpenters, painters, scenic, all the different things. What are the plants people called? Plants. Greens or greenery. Greenery. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. They just so, deal with plants. Just the plants. Yep. They just plant the seeds. Exactly. <laughs> like let's so, say for a TV show, like a longer set, um, there's if there's real plants involved, there's someone who has to like manage just that and they know when to feed the plants, they know all about how much lighting and like all those little details, you know, someone who just focuses on that. Like 
That's crazy because as a director producer, you don't really, well, I don't know, maybe the producers do, but the directors, I I would never even thought that it's a thing. Yeah. That's why you need an experienced production designer on mm-hmm. set to like delegate, you know, all those little tasks too and communicate your concept so that that person can make it happen. But going yeah. back to what you said, you were doing your research and mm-hmm. you mentioned that you went to film school, yeah. but you were, you started doing all that research and education on your own when you committed yeah. to being a, a part of our department, being a, a our director, production designer, whatever mm-hmm. comes with that. So yeah. where did you go for that information? What were, <laughs> Where did you look? <laughs> it's going to sound very simple, but it's just YouTube. There's no like secret. Um, YouTube is great. YouTube is great. It's the best. Some really good stuff and for both informational and inspirational stuff on YouTube. Um, But yeah, there's all sorts of videos that explain how, you know, there's a whole video. Actually, one of my favorites is this whole video just about props and how important they are to story. You know, a a whole story could revolve about one prop. Hence, Lord of the Rings. It's okay. all about a ring. <laughs> the whole trilogy is about a ring. Like that's yeah. how important this one little prop, prop. is. Um, and speaking of prop, <laughs> <laughs> speaking of one prop that you you have, um, that is your signature. Oh, your signature coffee mug. I'm actually drinking it right now. Oh, <laughs> I'm so water. So tell us the story of that mug, because that mug was a Nana. For those of you who, if you uh, will be watching Nana on YouTube, which will be something that will be available shortly, um, you will notice that mug in the living room, but also you have put it in, in how many projects now? (laughs) (laughs) I think, I think like, maybe like four or five. Okay. So that, like, yeah. Yeah, like some commercial like in the background it's just, you know, decoration or something just there. If there's a kitchen involved or a living room, I could put in a mug. I, I always have this mug with me. <laughs> My goal is to have it in every project I do. You even have it in this one. That's crazy. Like you found a way to, you know Which one? This one that we're doing right now. Oh yeah. The podcast. Yep. <laughs> this is my prop. But I think, yeah, I, I think we kind of started talking about like other things, but my original question to you was how do you navigate the freelance lifestyle? Yeah. How do you balance that craziness that comes your way? Yeah. Well, the other thing too is, well, part of my story uh, is I got lucky, the timing of it, um, getting into film, like around COVID, you know, I started getting more work. Uh, I think, well, two things, not two things, one thing. <laughs> I think it was a good time to get in the industry because even though there wasn't a lot happening, so many people left LA um, who ah. worked in the entertainment industry. So I think even though there was less opportunity, there was also less competition in a way. So that kind of got my foot in the door. And then that led to coming out of COVID uh, 
everything got greenlit and Hollywood kind of wanted to catch up on all their projects. So things got really busy for everyone. And I was able to like jump on stuff and got some connections and like, you know, each project led to another project. And I, I work a lot with the same people because, you know, once you get into, once you find your circle of people, you kind of like help each other get work and stuff. Um, so that's what they mean by, you know, it's all about who, you know, it's just making those relationships and, I think in my personal experience, the best place to network is at work. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think because it's like certain events, I, I mean, it's great to have networking events, but I think for me, I'm, I'm not good at like talking myself up. I, I even have trouble like in interviews. Like I just, ugh, I guess shy or something, or I feel like I'm bragging. So I, I, I'm really bad at like talking myself up. But when people see me work, that's when like they like oh they start noticing, and like just yeah, that has put me in many opportunities. Yeah, no, going to your question, yeah, that was kind of like the practical side of like how I got my foot in the door. Like I was just kind of like the right place at the right time. Um, yeah. But then like the it is very scary to go into the freelance lifestyle. It's very uncertain. Um, but I think for me, what has helped is just learning to be at peace with it. Um, and this is just the life I chose and, uh, I really love what I do and I'm gonna make it work no matter what. That's kind of like what my mindset is like, um, which, I kind of learned from you too when you every time you say like Aww. like <laughs> you when you approach things you ask people like oh I'm gonna do this can you help and they're like no I'm like oh I'm gonna do it anyway with or without you so <laughs> we're gonna keep going it's um, gonna happen with or without you that's exactly. my motto for life yep <laughs> um but it came to a point to where in 2021 I, I did get a part-time job um that I was going to do that and, you know, keep pursuing film. Um, but I knew that I was going to just have that part-time job until, you know, film became more sustainable. Yeah. And, or, or if it got like, if I knew like my biggest sign was like, if this gets in the way of any film gigs, I'm, I'm going to let it go. And Drop it. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. I, I remember getting like text texted to help be a PA on a movie that actually ended up on Netflix, which was, I, that could have been a great opportunity. Um, and I was able to help for a day, like two days at least, but I had work. So I could only like work until 2 PM with them. And then I had to like go to my other job. Yeah. And, and I, I didn't like that other job. Um, but that's when I knew it's like, all right, I'm just gonna quit this. Um, and I will say I was lucky too. what I did strategically too, is I had a new car. I bought a new car. So I signed up to Lyft. That was like my backup plan. Um, but I did that kind of like prepared myself for success. And I quit that other job, not knowing what was going to be next. And literally like the rest of that year from like August till December, I booked so many things that I don't even remember like the order. Like, <laughs> Like it was just kind of like nonstop work for me. And it just kind of like, I, I would kind of, personally, I kind of believe in this thing of like, you know, opportunities waiting for you. Like, but we always want to like hold on to security. 
yeah. until like the opportunity comes, then we let go and then move on. Yeah. But in my life, I feel like I notice like you have to let go first and then the right thing opens up. Wow. Yeah. I love that. I want to adopt that attitude of like being able to let go of the security of something. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's not practical advice. It's, it's terrifying and it, I don't have it all figured out, but it, it's worked out so far. So I, what I really appreciated that you said that you were in the right place at the right time. And I think a lot of people kind of skip that part. Um, especially if they have achieved some sort of success, right. In this industry, especially, you know, it's very easy to kind of, um, you know, say, oh, like it, it all happened because of my hard work, but yes, that is true. But also yeah. luck plays a big role. Yep. And I think that that's what, you know, a lot of things in my life happened because of luck, because I was like at the right place at the right time, connected to yeah. the right person at the right time. You know, even meeting Rob Harbin, our mutual friend who helped me produce Nana and yeah. basically who like kickstarted this project, right? That's going to so many festivals. Like he saw my tweet. Like how yeah. crazy is that? He saw my tweet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He slid into my DM uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> saying, hey, send me the script. And I sent it to him. He liked it. We started talking about this script and, yeah. you know, the rest is history. So, and I think for you, you know, just to be able to acknowledge that, okay, like I was at the right place at the right time with yeah. my first movie that I ended up being an RPA. That's big. Mm -hmm. That's big. And it's a lot of, you know, I, I think in Hollywood, not the geographical Hollywood, like the the, <laughs> the actual Hollywood. Um, On Vine Street and Hollywood. And yeah, no, <laughs> not talking about that. Yeah. Um, nobody really knows anything and there's no like the right path or the right way to become someone. And that's what I really like about this industry because it's yeah. like um, there's well, no like there's no like a rule book mm -hmm. or something like that you know you can you can go to film school and become a pa or you can you know go to art department and i think you know so many stories especially about art department i feel like i know so many stories from you it's like how people end up in insurance because i hear about that all the time like no one ever wants to do insurance and people don't even know it it's a thing and yeah. people kind of just fall into it and stay yeah. in it and i feel like it's the same with art department oh yeah um so it's it's like no one really knows what that entails but it's, people try it stay yeah. in it and you know go from there so that was like literally something that the prop master told me on on the movie fall like one of the things he says like one secret about this business is like no one really know. everyone's figuring it out like even the ceo at disney is still like figuring out to like the new pa at an yeah. entry level job and literally, I remember on that movie, <laughs> at one point, we had a a, a fake uh, bird, um, what are they called? Vultures, like a fake vulture that was going to be in a scene. And we, we needed to turn it into a puppet to kind of like <laughs> move it around. And he was okay. YouTubing it. He was like <laughs> YouTubing how to make a puppet. Like, 
you know and he's worked oh and he's like has he's worked on the walking dead he's worked on marvel stuff like he had like big credits okay like at that time he was showing me pictures of some marvel stuff that hadn't been released like i was like i was nerding out because i'm like <laughs> a huge marvel fan um but like so he he's obviously like a professional but even he is like youtubing stuff because it's you know it's a creative yeah. business you just have to figure it out as you go no shame in that no shame in that um yeah. so you have worked on commercials music videos feature films short films yes. tv series you've done it all what did you yeah. like or what do you like the best like what what type of pro you don't have to name drop right now but what type of project do you like to work on that's a hard question yeah only hard questions from me <laughs> today tonight yeah i feel like i mean i always i don't know i i i mostly think about it's more about who i work with that makes the project enjoyable or not um, uh -huh. when it's great people it could be the shittiest project but if it's with great people it's a fun time oh my god i just remember what you told me before we filmed nana what? great art great pay great people oh yes oh oh the, the big three the big three um yes let me get to that let me finish the question and i'll get yes, to that please. really quick mm -hmm. but i think overall i really like music videos because they're creative and like usually music videos are very creative and like different or unique but they're also like short term so it's not like overwhelming like yeah. it's usually like one or two locations at most so that feels like oh it's like fun but also not like too exhausting um as like a movie or something so yeah i like music videos personally yeah um but yes the big threes when you're freelancing very important um and i learned this early on too um i think so the three things to consider what do we say uh good people good people good art good, good pay art or good pay you told me when i first met you um and we were you know driving around la looking for old furniture yeah. you told me that the project has to have at least two out of yeah. three and i said okay obviously i don't have great pay yeah <laughs> <laughs> must be great art and great people yeah. And you said yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, at that at that time too, like the pay wasn't bad for what it was because I consider that too. If it's like a simple project, even though my title is production designer, but if the title if the project is pretty simple and straightforward, it's like okay, yeah, that's fine. But was it simple, Sammy? No, nothing is actually simple. Um, but yeah, you have to have at least two of those. Or, or at least I, I try to take into consideration two of those elements before saying yes to a project. Um, so, yeah, if it's just one, I mean, sometimes you might get all three. That's like an amazing it's a jackpot. Thing. It happens every, you know, when the planets align and <laughs> and the stars are, you know, in retrograde. And I'm, I'm going to pretend I know about astronomy, but I don't know anything about astrology um oh but do you 
I feel like you yeah. do. You you're being do. you're being such a Virgo right now. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, of course I am. Um, I feel like that has to do with your like obsession with uh, details and the fact that you chose this career for yourself because you're like a bit of a perfectionist and even the way you design your home, it's like. When I first, when I first like came over your house, um, when we were just friends, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I noticed how like how good it looks, like design wise. Like it feels like everything is at the right place, um, mm-hmm. and your sets feel the same way. You know, I, I've obviously I've been on two of your sets, which were my sets too, but. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah uh you know the photos that I saw it's it's just like very good production design I feel like if a production design is good you don't notice it if it's bad Mm. you notice it um so can you can you elaborate a little bit on what good and the bad production design is yeah and how can we tell yeah I think it's funny that you bring that up because I, I kind of always thought like both production design and sound design are done well when you don't notice it. Absolutely. If you notice it, if you notice it then it's not a good job. Like it shouldn't get in the way. But uh-huh. I think for, for, for production design, um, yeah, it it's a lot of work, but it can't get away in, in the story or the characters, which are the most important elements. Yeah. Um, it's just the... the the job of the production design is to simply bring you into this world and very quickly and subtly and like it doesn't have to call too much attention um and it's just kind of bring you into this world and i think yeah if if you're watching a movie about you know like i don't know uh let me think of an example like yeah think of a movie <laughs> Well, Any no, movie, think, like, a, a superhero. Well, no, I'm just thinking about a character, like any character. Like, let's say you're, you're following a character who's in his 30s, um, okay. and he works a whatever office job, blah blah blah, like a pretty normal life, um, and maybe he has money and he's successful. But you're filming in a college dorm um, because that's the only location you could get. With like all the screenwriting books laying around the house and, you know, the movie posters and Pulp Fiction poster just randomly. Yeah, there's Pulp Fiction (laughs) on the wall. There's like textbooks in the background. (laughs) Like that's bad production design. Like clearly this is not his actual home. Um, If that's the only space you can get, then you have to make it look like someone in his 30s, you know, lives there who's successful or something. And you'd be surprised. You could turn any space into almost anything. Um, yeah. But, yeah, you'll quickly be thrown off, like, if you notice, like, what? That doesn't look like that's where this guy lives or, or would hang out or something. I so, feel like if you're paying attention to that, like, a mug on a ta- on a coffee table, then that automatically means that the, you know, the movie is not that great. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah, or specifically the production design is not that great. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like what does everyone remember about Game of Thrones? The Starbucks coffee this, mug. That wasn't even Starbucks. That was a regular <laughs> coffee mug. It was just a coffee mug. Don't bring it don't don't make Starbucks a mm-hmm. part of that. Such a 
beautifully shot TV show, but everyone just talked about that mug. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it happens and that's fine. It's okay. It happened. They were tired. Yeah. And they needed some coffee. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. I feel like every project has its own challenges and definitely Nana, you know, we, it was very challenging. Although to you, I know that it seemed very simple. Yeah. I remember like when I first read the script, it seemed pretty straightforward. Uh-huh. And we talked about it filming at your apartment, which I hadn't seen yet. And I assumed like, oh yeah, like, you know, well, I wanted to look like an old lady's apartment, not a young woman in her twenties, but um, I assumed you had furniture and like stuff and like, we just had to kind of like fluff it up. Little did he know <laughs> I didn't have anything. <laughs> Little did I know. I, well, one of the first things I noticed was like how big your apartment was, which was good yeah. and bad one, because it was supposed to be a house. So that was a trick too. I didn't want it to feel like an apartment. I want it to feel like an actual house. Yeah. Um, so which like the, it being spacious was a good thing. Um, but then that just meant like, I have so much space to fill, like, and we have like yeah. very little budget, like to like, you know, make it look like an old, a sweet old lady lives here. So yeah. that was a challenge. Like, but I think with that, the smart thing to do is like, we, we started this working on it like two months before or something. I think we started working on it in January and we shot in late March. So yeah. almost three months. Yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah, having that time to like slowly buy or find cheap furniture, you know, we we even like drove around and like- We drove around so much. <laughs> we found oh stuff on the street, literally. We did. We did. Like that's, that's indie filmmaking right there. I love junk. that. We love that. And we were on Craigslist way too much. Oh, yeah. All the time. <laughs> and Facebook Marketplace. Facebook Marketplace <laughs> is yeah. the best. And I remember we picked up like a really, like a huge, huge cabinet. And we um, delivered it on the top of your car. Like, how do you, yes. you like attached it? Some, I don't even know how you managed to do that, but you did. And like, it luckily was close close by and we invited my friend my best friend to like load it in <laughs> yep. it was a whole thing but i i felt like i felt like okay this is the filmmaking and which brings me to my next point like filmmaking is labor yeah i know our department is labor everything mm-hmm. about film is labor i don't know who said that filmmaking is glamorous because no. it's not it's hard work <laughs> It's no. like working at a factory. Yeah. So. <laughs> yep. And I've, I've worked at both. So yeah, it is hard work. Yeah. Um, yeah, I could, you know, it's a lot of hard work. It depends the location. Like. Um, what is the craziest location you filmed at? I want the fall was one of them for sure. Desert. Desert. Okay. Um, and then. This other one, this other music video I worked on in downtown LA, um, it, it was the, the the design of the video was, it was supposed to look like an abandoned club from the 1920s, okay. so like that old timey, whatever. So we literally filmed in an abandoned building 
that was, you know, out of commission and it had so many safety hazards, like the stairs didn't have rails, whatever the hallway, hallways were super small, like a bunch of like pipes sticking out and stuff, like yeah, all those like dangerous stuff. Just um, for funsies. Yeah, just for funsies. It was the <laughs> right look, but it was, it made it so difficult to work in. And at one point, so this is the biggest budget uh, uh, music video I've worked on. It had like, I want to say like, almost 20 dancers involved like a huge production thing right i saw that video it's great it looks yeah. great it looks amazing but um one of the day they were shooting a scene on the second floor mm-hmm. and they had all the dancers up there with the, all the furniture there was a huge bed there was like all this stuff and plus like the grips the stands lighting cameras everything there was like probably like 40 people up there yeah and the floor started caving in and like bending down <laughs> no way oh and my god to like halt production and like you know get everyone down as quickly and safely as possible and i was outside for this too so i was just like i was either working or talking to someone and all of a sudden everyone's coming out and i'm like what what's going on <laughs> oh my goodness it's yeah. like the movie inception you all of a sudden you see this building kind of like yeah. collapsing slowly yeah <laughs> and you just outside look at it and, what is happening <laughs> yep is that um, is that the director's intention <laughs> yeah uh so luckily no one got hurt um but even with budget like things can get dangerous so uh the bigger uh, the budget the bigger the danger mm, <laughs> i don't know about that no not when union is involved <laughs> yeah no no um but no yeah so that was a thing that was a crazy location and the other thing too about working in downtown la we were there for like seven days and oh my god seven yeah it was a long shoot wow very involved well that's because I was, I was also involved with prep so we had to set up everything like two days before and all this what music video is that can you say um no okay we'll skip that i don't know <laughs> i won't say because it, it, it'll make it sound like they weren't work like they weren't being safe but i think they were trying it was just okay an accident i don't want to give them a bad rep yeah um yeah, look on my website and then just try to guess which one. <laughs> I'll let I'll let you be uh shamelessly promoting your website. Yeah. Oh, I do have a website. Okay. Um SamuelDfigueroa.com. What does D stand for? Danger. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> but uh no, yeah. But like working in downtown, like every morning we got there it's like all these homeless people outside and there was like human poop on the sidewalks and just like crazy people and just yeah <laughs> it was rough yeah but we survived hollywood yep <laughs> real hollywood baby yeah oh my god crazy world crazy world mm-hmm. um but i do like your like attitude about this profession in general because like things are never never sort of stable you know you can go you can book like four gigs in a row right and like work with no days off Mm -hmm. and and then you all of a sudden have no gigs lined up yeah so how do you deal with that uncertainty um 
Drugs, man, just do a lot of drugs. No, I'm just kidding. I actually don't. I noticed that my eyes look red, but it's because I'm tired. I haven't That's smoked. That's fine. That's I'm fine. I'm not smoking. Yeah, we don't smoke uh, anymore. Nope. No. <laughs> I never did. Uh-uh. Yeah, I never actually did. <laughs> I don't know why I said anymore. We'll cut that. <laughs> we'll cut this. <laughs> sure. We'll see. No, leave it in. We'll see. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, no, yeah, I definitely, you know, I think meditation and, um, staying proactive, I treat like when, I, whenever I don't have any work a specific week, I treat that Monday. Like I go to, I, I wake up and my apartment is my office. I go online, look for gigs, reach out to people, do whatever I can. Now I'm luckily at a point too, or, you know, I, I have some more material that I could like edit or put on my website or Facebook or whatever. Seems like you know. now people are reaching out to you. I think mm-hmm. you're at that point in your career where it's like the other way around. Like you don't have to, like, it's almost like jobs are looking for you. Yeah. 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 And yeah, I believe that like, and I've read a lot about that too, you know, eventually you know it's the grind at the beginning and you know you have to really really like put in the time and work but eventually you know work is going to start coming to you and mm-hmm. uh, I'm starting to experience that slowly um, and yeah it just takes focus and discipline um, but yeah, in terms of like mental stuff. Oh, and going back to like going like what I said, like, you know, at work is where I network. Um, what has led me to more work is just having a good attitude on set um, has been very helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know it's easy to complain. That goes for anyone who works any job. But like, um, I think just having the right attitude, you know, I've worked with people that sometimes will work harder if they're getting paid more, but then if it's low paying gig, then they just treat it like, well, they're only paying me this. So I'm doing the minimum, but like, that's just not a great way to approach things. Uh Um, One, because you agreed, you know, to this project, you don't have to say yes. Yeah. But I think no matter what you're doing, even if you're working for free, like give it a hundred percent. Oh my God. As an indie producer, I cannot agree with you more preach yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. and And you never know you never know where that producer director whoever hired you will end up at yeah true and like even even if this one person couldn't like pay you as much now maybe later on in in their career they might have bigger projects and they'll remember you if, if you had a good attitude and stuff and they're gonna bring you on stuff with more pay or 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 recommend you to other stuff and oh and the other like detail that i've kind of been thinking about recently is like sometimes you complain to like your equals or your peers whoever like you know your other set dressers your other pas your other grips your other this but you don't know who of your coworkers are gonna go up yeah uh, like the ladder later on and then they're gonna be hiring and at least for me like that's something i keep in mind like when i'm looking for people to join a project is like who has a good attitude like i know you can do the job but i'm gonna reach out to these people who are fun to work with first yeah and then 
if they're not available, then I guess I'll reach out to you. Um, so it's just a little thing that I never even thought about before until recently. Cause I'm like, I'm now getting gigs where I have to like hire people too. So like the people who are like with me, like I'm thinking about now I'm thinking about the people who are with me, who were like always were in a hundred percent, did a great job. We're getting the same pay as me and this and that versus like the people who were with me, but they just complained the whole day. And I'm like, well, yeah. Yeah. You're not my first choice. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. always give it your best. Yep. And um, I think, so what is the set dynamics uh, between our department and other departments? What is the reputation that like our department has <laughs> versus other departments? Oh, you want the drama, don't you? I, I do want the drama. <laughs> Oh, that's a good question. Actually, you know what's fun on the the uh uh what's it called? What's that Instagram page? Movie says yeah. humor. I think so. They're doing the countdown right now to see which department. Well, last year was the sound. Last year was sound, so maybe our department will win this year. <laughs> I'm sc- I screenshotted it, but right okay. now, like props is in there, set deck, art. <laughs> Like so many different art department things are winning so far. So we'll see. Okay. Maybe we have a good reputation. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, I, I, I think this too, like sometimes there's a little bit of division between departments. Um, yeah. And which is dumb because we're all like on the same team and we all need each other at the end of the day. <laughs> if I can go into detail, I notice. On a, not every project is this way, but sometimes on a few things, there's a little bit of like butting heads between grips and art department. Oh, why is that? I so from the art art department perspective, uh, grips tend to break our things a lot, <laughs> and we yeah. get mad. Um, uh, Those expensive props. Yeah, sometimes, you know, sometimes it's stuff we have to return or sometimes they're rentals, you know, things we need to really take care of and stuff. And it's not just grips. Anyone could break anything. Even art department people break stuff. So it's fine. It happens. But and then my best theory on grips, if they don't like art, I'm not saying everyone is this way, is that maybe we complain too much. And they're like, because we're all like labor workers, but like, yeah grips can i guess can be more rough because they have the c stands and combos and everything is a little more like we don't have to be that sensitive yeah and our department needs to be very careful with everything uh yeah like i literally like a movie i worked on last year like one grip was moving a stand and he broke like this market light that we had set up and all this and we were like huh. oh <laughs> we have to like get a new one and set it up anyway but I think I had a, like, but at the end of the day, we all kind of need each other. Um, And I had, last week, I worked on a commercial, actually. And uh, when I met, so (laughs) I, like, we did a tech scout. And, you know, it was me, the camera operator, the producer, director, and the key grip. And everyone was like super friendly and chill and then when I met the key grip she was like oh hey <laughs> like she was very dry 
Uh, and I don't know if that's just the way she is or if she like thought like a production designer. I don't know. I don't know. She was just like kind of dry. Yeah. Um, but my, your instinct is to be like defensive and like uh, judgmental. But <laughs> I literally thought to myself, you know what? I'm going to win her over <laughs> by the end of the shoot. Like, <laughs> and I kind of did. Like I didn't because, and the reason why like, I want to win her over because I, I might need help from the grips at some point. Um, yeah and I didn't need her help specifically at any point but I did like talk to her and like I felt like I got along with with this person um and I actually did ask some other grips grips for help with something we were trying to set up this window um just for like in the shot like a window frame just floating there and like as an art department like I could maybe figure out like I could build some stuff with wood and like you know put some jacks on there or something but that would take me hours yeah. versus like the grips just have stands we could just clamp it on um so for things like that you know you want to maintain those good relationships because you never know when you have to ask favors or vice versa you know they're gonna ask you for favors too so mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. treat your coworkers kindly always that's that's, that's the moral of the story <laughs> <laughs> did i treat you kindly no, I quit. Oh, the second day. I'm sorry. And you rehired me. And then <laughs> I was like, fine, I'll do it. We didn't have actually any drama, like uh, me and you, when we were just co-workers. I don't think so. I don't think we ever had any disagreement. Maybe like really small ones. Oh, actually, I think we did in your second short film. There was something like some miscommunication. I don't even remember exactly what it was, but yeah. Like, <laughs> that's funny too like how do you approach that because I, I i what was it i was trying to like set up like the whole scene i guess you were trying to set up a, a scene for like a wide shot and i said that the shot's not gonna be that wide <laughs> yeah and i thought uh, like yeah I thought that this was an establishing scene and I'm like, no, but we need to see the whole thing for an establishing Yeah, so show. you were trying to, so we were filming at a restaurant, my latest short film, thank you. <laughs> we were filming at a restaurant uh, and you were trying to set up like the whole restaurant and you were questioning how come we're not seeing like the whole space in the very beginning. And I said like, okay, we we see like both sides of the space throughout the movie, but we don't really see like the whole thing in one shot. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we had like a little bit of a of an argument about that, and yeah. uh, we got it resolved. Mm-hmm. We got it resolved, which which was uh, we just did it my way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, how do you take that? Like, you know, as a director, you know, it's your vision, but then how do you balance like taking suggestions from you know your other? DP or whatever costume designers and stuff like that versus like okay actually no I just want this like well um let me tell you this it's hard and I'm still learning how to do that uh I feel like I'll be learning my whole life like throughout my career (laughs) how to do that because as a director you obviously like it kind of starts with you um and you have the last word because like all those creatives that you work with, like obviously they have their own ideas and suggestions and sometimes sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. Um, and sometimes as a director, you just need to trust your intuition and you need to kind of 
you might not have an answer other than that's what I feel like that should be. Mm-hmm. And you really need to trust that voice that's like whispering in your ear mm. uh, versus all the other voices, you know, your DPs like yelling at you, no, yeah. <laughs> don't do that. You're a production designer, but you really need to find the balance between listening to that voice and listening to your collaborators. Because oh. like, if you are, well, I'm a Libra. That's why like, I'm trying to find balance and everything. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Going back to astrology. Yeah. Um, but I think like, if you are too into like, just listening to your intuition, that's not right. Also, because you'll be like too self-focused and you will not accept like other people's ideas and other people's input and they will feel like you don't really appreciate their contribution too so i really want to as a director i really want to be that kind of director where you know you will um working with me you will kind of feel appreciated that okay like my input my opinion matters here Mm -hmm. on set for this director um so yeah, it's a tricky, it's a tricky balance to navigate. Yeah. But before we leave, um, I wanted to ask you one last thing. Uh, what will be your advice to someone who wants to pursue a career in um, art department, film specifically? Yeah. Film art department. Uh, um, advice. What's funny because I, I kind of discovered this later in life and a lot of people I work with were very similar. Like they, they loved film for some reason or another and they, but they didn't know where they fit in. Yeah. Um, so we kind of land in this weird department with all the misfits and like, it's funny cause like no two art department people are the same, but we also kind of are <laughs> like, we're just mm-hmm. like a weird group. Um, but yeah, any advice? I would say just like any other work environment, just be kind to people, you know, have good work ethic. Even if, like an art department is one of those things where you're never going to stop learning because every project is different. There's no like formula to it. Mm-hmm. Like some days you might be building a spaceship. Some days you're just doing a simple office space, like very simple, um, you know, and uh but uh, I I noticed people, I've actually had people who were PAs and they want they told me they wanted to do our department and, and I saw how they were PAing and I'm like, okay. And I call them up for other things like, you know, just show up on time, communication and just like always be willing to work. And like, and there's also like, I love some of my assistants who will, you know, sometimes most of the work is done at the beginning of the day where you set everything up and then you just kind of like let the film happen. And, you know, they always check in with me, like anything I can do, anything I can do, like, it's okay. We're okay. (laughs) Nothing you need to do now, but like, it's good that they're like checking in and like, they could always, you know, if there's nothing to do, like we could organize stuff, you know, prep, like we're done with this. So let's put that away, blah, blah, blah. So just be aware. I would say, you know, of where you're working, like who needs help and how you can help and just anticipate the needs of, you know, your bosses or the project or whatever they need. I love that advice. Mm-hmm. 
Well, that was very um, a very enjoyable conversation. And yeah. yeah, and we learned so much about art and about our department and about yes. production design. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we have less than one minute left. So yeah, good luck with all your future Bye. endeavors. Thanks Bye. for having me. This was fun. Of course. Thanks for being on. Yeah. Bye.